Ole Miss fans, you can never be too careful, especially these days and with young kids at home. Don't take any chances and secure your home with Eufy Smart Lock, an easy install all-in-one security device for your front door and that peace of mind we're all looking for. I myself am a Eufy user, and I can tell you firsthand, go ahead and ditch those house keys forever, grab a Phillips head screwdriver because that's all you'll need, and give Eufy Smart Lock a try today. No monthly fee, and Eufy customer service is waiting on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. So what are you waiting for? Head to Vault Hemingway or the Pavilion or Swayze Field to cheer on your Ole Miss Rebels with the reassurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Smart Lock. Eufy Video Lock makes it easy to keep an eye on things back home. Its built-in camera can tell you who's at the front door from the comfort of your stadium seat. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com, eufyofficial.com slash video lock, to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Smart Lock and Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. On with me as always is Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Today's guest coming to us on the Modern Women phone line is Greg Kessinger, former Ole Miss shortstop because Ole Miss baseball is less than three weeks away from getting going. Opening the year in Arlington, Texas in a multi-team event that they'll play TCU, Texas, and Texas Tech. All top ten teams. So no just easing their way into the season. They're jumping right in, head first. It's a tough schedule. I think it's the top-ranked schedule in the country. This Ole Miss baseball team looks on paper to be really good. Returns virtually everybody. Yes, Anthony Servideo, Tyler Keenan, both big pieces. But Ole Miss likes its team. So, Gray Kessinger coming up to talk about a number of things Ole Miss baseball, as well as what he's doing right now with the Astros. What's the directive he's been given, considering that Major League Baseball is but a few weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting, and yet Major League Baseball and the Players Union haven't come to an agreement about what the rules and the season are actually going to look like. So a mess right now. Going to dive in with Gray. He knows. But Brad, I figure wouldn't want to talk too much baseball. There's some football stuff to discuss. What's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? What's going on? Not too much, man. Just... Right. Should be a big announcement coming this um this Wednesday. Hopefully, um yeah, we can land land uh, I think would be the best player in this class. Wow, you're just gonna go ahead and say it say it then, huh? Ole Miss and Taiwan Malone, it's happening. Um, I don't I I'm not gonna I'm not one hundred percent confident as I feel like AM has has a good shot as well. Um yeah, I mean I, I still think it's fifty fifty. I really do think he's on the fence. I mean he probably knows better than he's told anybody, but um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a true announcement. I think we'll all be surprised by it. I think that um, I don't think anybody really knows the, the definite answer at this moment, other than maybe the coach, the coaches that um, that have recruited him. Maybe he's told them, but um, I think everybody on the outside is just guessing. I'd be surprised if it wasn't Ole Miss at this point. You think so? Yeah, and if you add him to this class, currently ranked 19th in the country, seventh in the SEC, 
I don't disagree that he wouldn't be the best guy that they sign. Definitely the best high school prospect. And that also includes one, two, three, four, five, five other four-star prospects. But I think he's the best of the bunch. I'm with you. Yeah, he's just um, – if you watch his film, man, he, he – um... He uses his hands very well, and, and like I said before, most most high school D linemen don't know how to do that. And he knows how to. I mean, he moves very well. I mean, he moves like he, he's you know freaking two hundred twenty five pounds. I mean, he this dude can absolutely move. And you have a guy that's that big, and he's already looking that good on film. Imagine what he's going to look like after a year in the weight room in the SEC or um, wherever he chooses. He's just going to be a. Um, he may not flash right away, but he'll be one of those players that's an all-SEC player at some point um, out there dominating. He's a total um, Alabama-type D lineman. He's Benito Jones. He's Jarrell Poe. He's one of those type that step in and, if not start, at least get significant playing time. He's not going to look like a freshman. He's not going to play like a freshman. Not to say that he's going to terrorize backfields, but the role he'll play will be significant and, at worst, will – be a good change of play, change of pace with like a Jamon Gordon or an Isaiah Iton. Take your pick, whoever the defensive tackles are. I just like what Ole Miss has done in this class, completely overhauling its defensive line because that's exactly what it had to do. Ole Miss, I think pretty much everyone would agree, one of its biggest areas, if not the biggest areas of weakness for this team was the interior of the defensive line, which if you're that weak in the interior – it bleeds out into all other areas, specifically at defensive end. Sam Williams, more often than not, was a non-factor in the Outback Bowl, played really well, was probably his best game. Linebackers, it hurts too. The interior is where it starts. It's so cliche, but it's true. Games are won or lost at the line of scrimmage. And if you're weak in the interior of an offensive line or the interior of a defensive line, it's virtually impossible to stop teams or to if you're an, uh, or if you're an offense to run the ball and to run the ball efficiently is how you open up a dynamic passing game like Ole Misses or if you're a run defense that's just getting gashed well just look at the interior and if you get a guy like this who's a true plugger who in my opinion is a three-year guy I think he's that good I think he could be gone in three years as a football player as a baseball player I don't know I haven't seen him on a baseball field but I know the Ole Miss baseball staff really likes him and I can't wait to watch him swing for the fences, constantly try to tank balls out of the ballpark at Swayze. Football-wise, though, I do agree. I think he's Benito. I think he's Jarrell Poe. I think he's a guy that will have, will have a decision to make in three years because of the talent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this kid, if he comes here and he is uh, um, you know, a good player, football player on top of a good baseball player, he'll be a legend here, man. I mean, this – these fans would love to see this guy play baseball. I mean, he would. It, it would be something like you haven't seen in in a long time out on, on a baseball field. If you have a freaking three hundred pound D lineman out there crushing bombs, I mean, that would be pretty legendary. So yeah, I mean, he is. Um, he's certainly certainly one of those players that is a total impact player. And what I like about it, we we overhauled the D line. But we didn't really add that good young freshman. That's a that's a blue chip freshman. He's one of those kids that. You know, you get a guy like that, you can start building a defense around him, and that's that's what you like to see. Um, you know, highly rated young freshman. The plug and play guys from JUCO are going to be great. They're going to certainly fill in, but you you want that piece that you can kind of mold and and develop your D line around. He's certainly the first piece to to getting that D line right. Oh, back in November, this was the name that you threw out there as the guy that you absolutely wanted in this class. Yeah, I think that um, if you look at our needs, I mean. There's a lot of other guys in this class that are going to be absolute studs for Ole Miss, but if you look at our needs and you look at just um, just how bad we were on the D-line or how short a talent we were on the D-line, this is one of those kids that, that, that could come in. And I'm not saying he's going to dominate his freshman year, but once he gets the hang of it and kind of gets comfortable out there, I think you're going to see a, um, you know, a pretty special player. Let's just hope he's in an Ole Miss uniform this Wednesday or um, committing to Ole Miss this Wednesday. It's going to be really funny if he does end up at Texas A&M or Florida State rendering this podcast outside of what we're about to talk about and Greg Kessinger completely moot. It's happened before where we've talked about a particular subject and then a day or two later, <laughs> there's some resolution with that subject and that podcast gets kind of washed away. But hopefully we're talking about the next great Ole Miss Rebel defensive lineman because I think that just like you do, he's an instant impact guy and without question, regardless of four-star status or where he ranks in the country, I haven't looked it up lately, 
regardless of all the four stars that Ole Miss signed, which included a four-star quarterback in Luke Altmaier that we both like, a four-star tight end in Hudson Wolf that we both like. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite prospects in the whole class, Tysheem Johnson, four-star. Pro- this kid, to me, is the best of the four stars. And the four stars are the cream of the crop outside of your JUCO guys who you're recruiting to step in and play immediately. So, yeah, if you, if you get Taiwan Malone, you already had a good class, but this just ups it that much more. And um, another piece for Randall Joyner to then be able to work with the new defensive line coach. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that was a. Um, it seems like a. It seems like there's some other people that want him as well. He seems like a younger, um, you know, kind of a energetic type hire. Um, that is one thing that concerns me in this recruiting process is the fact that um, we did not. Um, you know, we didn't have a D line coach in place. So, I mean that, that at times when you don't have time to you know, build up a relationship and know who's going to be coaching you and know who, um, you know, is going to be there to develop you. It, it, that does kind of worry me with this kid. Um, did, did Ole Miss, you know, provide him with the, with the, the, the comfort that, that they would provide a guy that could, that they could coach him well and, and get him ready for the next level. We'll see, you know, we'll see what the, what, what comes of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, I, I certainly think he's a good hire. It seemed like LSU wanted him as well, and maybe a couple other people. So, um, Lane, I think the common theme with Lane right here is, um, is dudes that, that, that can recruit and, um, you know, young, energetic guys. He fits the profile of what Lane Kiffin wants in assistance, assistance that you have to fight for, that you expect to move up if they're good at their jobs, like Jeff Levy, for example, if he goes to Central Florida, which we'll talk about in a second. But you're right. He was pursued. LSU wanted him. SMU made a great counter offer. Ole Miss just did what it had to do to get it done and make sure that he came here. He's an up and coming rising star in college football. Absolute stud of a hire. And if you look at the bio, it's easy enough to see the accomplishments. But if you watch any videos of the guy, you just see the energy and players react to that. Because here's the thing in sports across the board, doesn't matter if it's football, basketball, baseball, this is a player driven deal now is, is college athletics it used to be the coaches were the most important people like a nick saban was the most important person in alabama well he still is but it's the players right the players are really dictating a lot of things especially with the freedom of movement that they now have so you need guys that can relate in that way that can really change with the times or go with the flow of the times and communicate or reach a player where he is. And I think Randall Joyner is a good example of that. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, we're in the day and age now where you got to recruit. There's just so much competition. You can reach players so much easier with all the social media and stuff. Um, You know, Pete, the the kids now are just different, man. I mean, they, they, I think the, the younger, fun, energetic kind of, kind of forward thinking coach is kind of what's in right now. I mean, it's, it's happened all over the NFL. It's happened all over college. And, um, and listen, you can be a good coach, but you get, you got to have some dogs on your team as well. I mean, you can't, you can only take a team so far. So, um, Lane knows that he certainly gets it. Um, you, you, you got to have guys that can come here and, and absolutely recruit. And, and I like the fact that this guy has some, some pull in Texas, you know, I mean, you got a guy coming in from um, California, a guy coming from Texas where those are two big States full of talent. So, um, I, you know, I, I, I like that. I like us getting out there and getting some national exposure, especially in the, in the recruiting ranks. It's really interesting if you look at it. Not saying it's going to happen, but I want to deep dive into it in a second. If Jeff Lebby leaves, Kevin Smith goes with him, goes back home, Randy Clements, he and Jeff Lebby are pretty much attached at the hip. Lane Kiffin will have, have had to replace his running backs coach, his tight ends coach, his offensive line coach, his defensive line coach who he fired, one of his secondary coaches, special teams coach, and Blake Gideon. Am I missing anybody? But that's a lot of staff change off of a successful year. Now, a lot of it's pretty unique. Like, Joe John Finley went back home, so did Blake Gideon. But what do you make of that? Just a lot of staff turnover after a good year. Well, what what Ole Miss and, and fans and people are going to have to get used to is when you have a coach that's a baller and he puts a baller staff together, people are going to come after your assistants. And, yep. and a lot of these guys, they, they, they love – you know, that they, they love their homeschool, just like we love Ole Miss. And, um, you know, sometimes situations come up where, 
you know, I, I do not blame the Titans coach at all, man. I mean, of course you'd want to go back to your school. So um, these coaches, it's just a good staff. I mean, that's what Lane Lane is going to hire good assistants, but you have to be, you know, aware of, of what, you know, what's going to come of that. And it's going to be people wanting to poach your assistants. You look at Nick Saban, you go out there and see how many assistants this guy has lost over the years and see how many different, you know, head coaches he's had. I mean, the dude's had a million different staffs, but um, that, that's just, that's just the nature of the beast, man. When you're, when you're a good team and you're, and you're, you know, got, got something going, I mean, people want a piece of that. And, um, you know, that's just what we're going to have to get used to as Ole Miss fans, as long as Lane is here. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman with Greg Kessinger, former Ole Miss shortstop, coming up on the Modern Women phone line after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. A new year is here, and you want to put your best foot forward. The only way to do that is to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, that you're keeping yourself safe, that your pharmacy is one you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. It's a great example bringing up Nick Saban because a part, and we've talked about the Lane Kiffin experience before, but part of that experience is this, the volatility of coaching staffs. If your head coach is the most important person, then his staff is going to be loaded up with guys that have upward mobility. You don't want guys necessarily on the staff that are career position coaches. You want to look for guys that are mercenaries, that are coming in to move up. And yes, it does in a little bit of a way, remove you from the program as far as not getting to really know the coaches and stuff like that. But none of that shit matters. All that matters is winning on football Saturdays. And if you're winning on football Saturdays, who cares? Um, Jeff Levy goes to UCF. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And look, if Scott Carr, who's the interim right now, the interim AD in place of Danny White, who went to Tennessee, if he gets that job, that job is going to be offered to Jeff Levy. And Jeff Levy, I would be shocked if he didn't accept. And he should accept it. He should accept it. And if you're an Ole Miss fan, you should want him to accept it. Yeah, it would suck to lose Jeff Levy. Jeff Levy's awesome. No one wants to lose Jeff Levy. But it just shows you that Lane Kiffin's making the right hires, and I think he's proven already, just through two hiring cycles, that he knows what he's doing, that he's an accomplished hirer. I could argue, actually, he's improved at certain spots over the previous guy that was in that spot. John David Baker at tight end. Now, I like Joe John Finley. Great recruiter. But John David Baker, his resume is as good, if not better. Randall Joyner is an improvement over Deke Adams. Uh, That's indisputable. On and on. Coleman Hutzler. He's got a really, really strong resume. Potentially, or probably, stronger than Blake Gideon. And we all liked Blake Gideon's resume. So, Lane Kiffin, have trust in him and, and know that he's like Nick Saban in that respect as well, that he's okay losing assistance he's not looking for guys to surround himself and keep with him for eight years he's looking for guys that are trying to move up and are going to work their tails off to be the best at what they do so they can advance and if they do do the best that they can do that means Ole Miss wins and that means they move on but for you your experience is the same no you don't get the same glad handing or Reb talk crap that you see with former assistant coaches. What you do get, though, at least in theory, is on-the-field results that you otherwise wouldn't get in previous regimes. Was anybody coming after Rich Rodriguez? Was anybody coming after Wesley McGriff? Who was going after Corey Batoon? If Jeff Lebby gets a head coaching job at Central Florida, that's a great thing for Ole Miss. It sucks. But if you have faith in Lane Kiffin, you, you got to get out of the line of thinking of, oh, God, Ole Miss has lost its offensive coordinator. 
got to get the hire right, got to get the hire right. No, when, when you hire Lane, you're all in, in every aspect of the Lane Kiffin experience. And this is part of that experience. And in Lane, you should trust. He has earned that already through two hiring cycles by showing you he can hire with the best of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it would certainly suck to lose, lose a Jeff Levy, but um, you know, I, I can, I can't remember a time in Ole Miss football where, where so many of our assistant coaches were going, um, you know, were so sought after. And I think it just shows you what kind of pull, um, Lane Kiffin has and the kind of guys he can attract. And you know what, as we lose guys, he'll, he, he can replace these guys with, with more big name guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think that, um, you know, if Levy were to get the job offer with UCF, I mean, come on, man. I mean, if you got offered a head coaching job and you can run the show yourself on top of a better pay, I mean, you're taking it. It is, it is what it is. That's just the nature of football. He, he's trying to make his way up as well. Um, you know, he goes to UCF and, and dominates a place he's comfortable with, a place he knows, you know, what to, what to expect there. I mean, he goes there and has success and then you, you turn around and be right back in that CC or right back somewhere else as a head coach. So, um, yeah, that, that's just a, that's just the nature of, of making your way up in the coaching world. That's you, you have to you have to take stuff like that when it's given. But let, let's hope that it doesn't happen. And if he's here, let's let's kick ass with Lebby. If not, you know, we'll find the next guy. Gus Malzahn is rumored to be circling that job, too. I think he wants that job. But UCF is going to have no shortage of candidates. The thing is. In this age of social media and uh, grassroots campaigns, not just in politics, in sports, in whatever. In this day and age, when you see a guy get this kind of support online, don't act like that doesn't have some type of influence. Hell, Keith Carter admitted that Ole Miss getting its grassroots movement behind Lane Kiffin played a part. It's impossible to ignore. Keith can go and say, oh no, I zeroed in on Lane Kiffin. That was my guy. Nothing else mattered. Bull. Bull. Of course he heard some what the fans were saying. He doesn't, he's not dumb to it. He's not deaf to it. He can't miss it. If it's in every one of his mentions or if he's getting texted about it, if he's seen it on Instagram or wherever. When the football account tweets out something about happy birthday to Caleb Warren and 35 replies within a minute are higher lane given, they noticed that. Maybe Danny White didn't, or maybe he did, but Lane Kiffin had no interest in Tennessee because really, honestly, who really wanted to go to Tennessee with what they're about to be hit with? Of course, Josh Heupel. Where else was Josh Heupel going to get hired at a Power 5 school like that? One of the better Power 5 jobs. Not saying it's a top 10 job. Not saying it's a top 15 job. But it made sense for Josh Heupel. He's done all he can do at Central Florida. They were not sad to see him go. They would be thrilled to see Jeff Lebby come back. They hold Jeff Lebby in higher regard than they ever did Josh Heupel. Think about that. So to think that the online support, the groundswell of support for him, doesn't matter, would be foolish. And if Scott Carr gets that job, I think it's a slam dunk he's going to get offered. Now that's purely speculation. All I know for sure from talking to a number of people is Jeff Lebby is without a doubt a top-tier candidate for Central Florida. And that's not breaking any news. Y'all know that. Hell, process of elimination, you knew that. But I think the AD hire does matter in this, or who's making the hire does matter in this. If it's anybody but Scott Carr, well, things start to change a little bit. I still think Jeff Levy's in the driver's seat. What's your concern level? Where are you right now as far as Jeff Levy leaving? Um, I mean, obviously, obviously I'm concerned, especially with it being UCF, but... At the same time, he did just sign an extension. Um, he is, um, you know, I mean, he, he's getting mentioned whenever he's talking to recruits still. So I, I think that, you know, there, there is some there is some concern there, but some things have to come into place for that to happen. And then, um, you know, if it does, it's um, it's one of those things. You can't, it's just one of those things you can't be mad at. I mean, you just you can't be mad when a guy goes from a vice president to a president, you know? Like, it's just a... Um, I mean, it's just one of those things. You got to go up. You got to go up in the in the ranks, and that that would be his opportunity with the place that he's very comfortable with. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm concerned. I certainly am. But um, at the same time, I'm not going to stress about it. He can, um, if he's a rebel, I'm excited about it. If not, I think Lane will go out and um, you know replace him. I trust him. Where do you think Lane might go if Jeff were to leave for Central Florida? 
what direction for offensive coordinator? I don't know any specific names, but I know in, in a time like this where it's was about to be February, it is February. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to go with somebody that he's comfortable with or, or knows very well. Wouldn't surprise me if he went took the browse guy or, or, or one of those went, went kind of that route. Um, yeah, it's going to be somebody that he's comfortable with or, um, or knows pretty well, or, or maybe from within. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody there that, um, that, you know, he feels can do it or whatever, but it's going to certainly be someone that, um, that he's comfortable with. And I got one for you. Charlie Weiss Jr. Is he, does he have some connection with him or? Yeah. Coached with him at FAU. He's the offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach at uh, South Florida now. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, comfort, comfort's going to be everything in a higher this late. I mean, you're getting close to some spring spring practice, so I think he's, um, you know, I think yeah, you're you're, you're gonna want, he's gonna want somebody's comfortable with and, and and that he he molds with pretty quickly. And at the end of the day, um, Lane Lane will be running the same plays that almost ran last year. Uh, I mean, nothing's gonna really change. I mean, he if he has to take over and call him and um, you know take over full time on it, 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 I think he'll he'll be just fine. Yeah, me too. And, and the thing is, is no one saw John David Baker coming. No one did. If Randy Clements is attached to the hip of Jeff Levy, John David Baker was attached to the hip of Graham Harrell. At least that's what we thought. And now John David Baker has left USC to come to Ole Miss. So I wouldn't put it past Lane at all to, of course, pull a hire out of left field. Charlie Weiss makes sense because he coached with him before. He hired him before. But what if Graham Harrell sees the writing on the wall at USC? And maybe he wants to go get a contract reset. Maybe he gets a bump in title to associate head coach. And then you start to talk about, like we have all year with Jeff Levy, if Lane were to ever leave, he was an internal, if not the leading internal candidate to replace him. In that scenario, Graham Harrell, who's desperate to become a head coach. I mean, there you go. Same kind of deal. It could happen in in terms of Lane coming up with a higher that no one sees coming. Because I think you can find a good offensive line coach, but I, I don't want it to be dismissed. Losing Randy Clements, I think, w- would be, I mean, it'd be a little bit of a gut punch because that offensive line played well. It did. He did a good job. Kevin Smith, I think, is replaceable. I don't want to get too much into the Kevin Smith stuff, but he, he's, he's replaceable. I know that on paper, recruiting-wise, looks dynamite, but trust me, th- there are other dynamic guys like Kevin Smith to replace him with. And Kevin Smith would be going to UCF if Jeff Levy went to UCF and would probably get a bump in title, but Jeff Levy would call his own plays like Lane does. Well, Lane says he doesn't. He says Jeff Levy calls all the plays. It's more of a collaborative effort. But we all know what a collaborative effort means. We know what that means. The head coach gets final call. And in down and distance situations or when it comes to calling a critical play, who's making that call? Lane Kiffin. So I'm worried about Jeff Levy. I, I, I fully believe... If Scott Carr gets the job, Jeff Levy's the next head coach of Central Florida. And I think it's stupid to dismiss in any way the idea that grassroots campaigns don't matter. Ole Miss proved that it matters. That's how Lane Kiffin became Ole Miss head coach. Not the only reason, but a big reason why. At least played a role in that way. So I think it's a big deal. I think it could be a huge week this week in Ole Miss football. Because one, Tywin Malone I think is that good. And two... More staff change, potentially, with resolution in regards to Jeff Levy. He did sign an extension, $1.2 million. But Central Florida, inarguably, in my opinion, is the best G5 job. It is the G5 job. So if he gets offered it, of course he's going to take it. Ole Miss fan, selfishly, you want to keep Jeff Levy? Of course you do, because he's, he's good. He's a really good offensive coordinator and a tremendous quarterbacks coach. What it would be real shame for... Who it would be a real shame for is Matt Corral, because that's four coordinators in four years. That's who it would really suck for. I'd hate it for him. Now, does it really matter all that much? You've been through it before. You've had a position coach change, different voice, but four voices in four years? That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. But one one way you can view that, though, is that, um, you know, I feel like the, when I had a lot of line coaches, a lot of coordinators, um, 
it, it made me smarter. It didn't it make me a better, it made me a better football player. Cause I'd been a part of so many schemes and so many offenses and I could kind of adjust on the go. So if you look at it from a developmental standpoint, if they do get a new offensive coordinator, the plays aren't going to change because um, Lane was there last year. He's not going to let some guy come there and change up his whole offense. So it's going to be something similar. And um, you know, from a, from a you know player development standpoint, I mean, Matt Corral is going to have four different, um, you know, four different coaches, four different, um, you know, scheme type deals. There's going to be a little change, just everything, um, you know, mechanic, whether it be mechanics, whatever that this guy prefers. So, um, yeah, you kind of get a get a whole bookload of coaching, and it, it could could prepare him a little bit better for the um, for the next level when it comes to you know knowing so many different schemes and seeing so many different looks and and ways of being coached. So yeah, there's some positives to it. It's not ideal, but um, there's also you know it does make you a smarter, sharper football player. Those are the big ticket items to watch for in Ole Miss sports this week. The other ones would be maybe Ole Miss and Tennessee on Tuesday night, but Ole Miss basketball is a mess right now. We could get into that another day. I don't really want to cover it all that much. You and I have been texting a lot about Ole Miss basketball, so. You can, you can tell them. I'm, I'm not really in the mood to be talking about some Ole Miss basketball. Ole Miss baseball will be getting started in a couple of weeks, so we'll definitely ramp up things. And Great Custer's coming up here in about five or ten minutes. But those are the big ticket items. But one thing I wanted to touch on before we get into the interview with Greg Kessinger on the Modern Women phone line, real quick, let me say, if you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify, just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Royce Newman in the Senior Bowl did really well. How much does it matter if you perform well in the Senior Bowl? Uh, I think it's huge for a guy like him. He was probably one of those guys coming in that they were thinking probably, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round kind of guy. Um, definitely talented, but, you know, I saw him playing all over the line, which is huge. I think he had one clip at left guard um, where he looked phenomenal, used his hands well, big long arm guy, long arm guy that can't can play guard. So, um, yeah, I mean, for a guy like that, he's one of those guys who, who can go out there and be very versatile in a practice like that and show he can kind of play all over and and easily move his way into that fourth third fourth to third round you know so um it looked like he had a good week ball reports um I'll, i'm gonna check with some people this week um that were there and see what they thought of him um but yeah i think that he he really helped himself this week he looked he looked really good on the interior which is kind of where i was i was thinking potentially where he would he would end up um but yeah i think i think royce definitely helped himself i sent you a video from twitter a rep that he had against, I think, a defensive lineman from Oklahoma. You thought it was good shit? Yeah, absolutely. Like, so being a tackle, so Roy, Royce is a tackle at Ole Miss, which is, which is good. He's built, he's built similarly like a tackle, but he does have a little bit of, he, he, he has that kind of build where he can go in there at guard, but he has nice long arms. So I played left guard um, and right guard in a pinch multiple times. And, and I found out when I was going against dudes that weren't the elite D linemen, like just regular D linemen, it was really easy for a long arm guy to punch the crap out of them real, real fast. D linemen, little short arm D linemen, they hate the long arm guards. And um, he's one of those guys who's who's just built, just um, you know, kind of shorty and squatty enough to to get in there and play guard. And on top of that, using his hands um, very well will help a guy like that keep those guys off you from bull rushing you. So. Yeah, the clips I watched, I mean, he he looked really good in there. And and knowing that a guy can play every position on Sunday certainly helps out. I mean, you see it all over the NFL. Guys have to move around because you only have seven guys to dress on game day. Now they do eight. But um, you got to be able to play multiple positions. And, um, yeah, he's he's certainly one of those guys that um, that showed out a little bit. Your boy, Kenny Yaboa, who's supposed to be on this podcast on Thursday. Can't guarantee it. We're supposed to talk on Wednesday. We'll see. But your boy Kenny Yaboa, he looked pretty good too. Yeah, I saw a clip of him. I think he caught a touchdown um, in one of the drills or whatever. Um, I think from the Notre Dame kid. Um, but yeah, he's um, yeah. I mean, he's. I think he's gonna. Somebody's gonna really like like him. He he may go a little higher than than most think. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. It's just a matter. It's gonna, all it's gonna take is one team to love him. Um, that that kind of tight end that can that can run a little bit and, and, and receive pretty well is kind of the thing right now in the NFL. So. Um, he'll get some love. Somebody will pick him up um, at, a, at, a, at a decent spot. Laramie Tunsil, Pro Bowl. A.J. Brown, Pro Bowl. Evan Ingram, Pro Bowl. D.K. Metcalf, Pro Bowl. I give you those four. You got to pick one. Who has the best rest of their career? Tunsil. 
Tunsil by far. Tunsil is the the best player in his position. He is the best left tackle in football. And a, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people wasn't saying that when he was in Miami. You know, they, they just weren't that good of a team. And but they played was, him out uh, of position at guard. Yeah, well, he played very well that year too at guard. So that that's what was cool. We came in and per, played pretty damn well at left guard, and then they moved him over to left tackle. And there was, I think, they played the Vikings one time, um, and we we were about to you know, obviously me being at the Bears, we played the Vikings and. We watched him, and all game long, he was going against Danielle Hunter and Everson Griffin, who are two very good defensive linemen. I'm talking; those dudes will kick your ass if you ain't, you know, if you're not ready to go. The whole line, they slid the protection to the right. He was one on one all game, and I mean, he didn't give up a, a he didn't give up an ounce. And these those are two Pro Bowl season DNs, and um, he wasn't getting a whole lot of respect because where he was playing, and, you know, where he was at. But um, a lot of talk from within and around the league is that guy's the best left tackle in football, and he is. Before we jump to Gray, it's not a good transition. I haven't really had a good transition all podcast. I don't really care. I'm tired. Ole Miss baseball hit 14 home runs over three days over the weekend in inner squads. Have you been keeping up, and how fired up are you? Yeah, I'm excited, man. I think this team is going to be going to be damn good. I hope that um, I hope we're just really good hitters and you know not bad pitchers. So. Um, yeah, they were they were dropping bombs. This is what I was reading as well. So it was it was nice to nice to hear that. And um, sounds like you know I like the reports of Dunhurst. You know, getting you know working on getting the ball and play more. I think that'll be huge. I think Graham's going to be going to be a potential breakout this year. I think he's going to absolutely smash. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it, man. I'm, I'm as excited as anybody. I think um, you know it'd be nice to get in that stadium and have a normal environment. But um, yeah, this is this going to be a fun year for almost baseball. Let the record show. I absolutely nailed. I think it was the last mailbag, a projected starting nine. I absolutely nailed it. Mike comes out with his projected early lineup or starting nine, and it was exactly what I said it would be. I said it would be Hayden Dunhurst, a catcher, first base, Kill Baker, second base, Peyton Chatney, shortstop, Jacob Gonzalez, third base, Tim Elko, left field, Kevin Graham or Hayden Leatherwood, center field, Justin Bench, right field, Kevin Graham or Hayden Leatherwood. It's Hayden Leatherwood and Kevin Graham's in left field. And then DH, Ben Van Cleef. It's exactly as I predicted. So I'm going to pat myself on the back. This is me patting myself on the back. Just wanted to do it real quick. Rotation, we all Man. knew what that was going to be. Yeah, think about You think about some of those names that start in lineup when you got Baker, Van Cleef, Graham, Leather. I mean, there's some dudes that can absolutely drop some bombs in there. I mean, we're going to have a pretty powerful Elko. I mean, you're looking at your your – Two, three, four, five, six, seven. I mean, everybody's going to be able to, to to absolutely stroke it, you know. Other than maybe Bench and Chatney, but those dudes can get out of the park too. Um, so that this is going to be a this is going to be a lineup with a lot of pop. Good luck pitching with these guys. Yeah, Calvin Harris is out with Tommy John surgery, but he can still hit. He can't field. He was the decorated two way player, catcher, outfielder, do everything kind of guy. He was awesome. Highly ranked out of high school coveted by everybody comes to Ole Miss was supposed to catch some games play some outfield he could still hit and hit two bombs over the weekend my question is does he play any offense I meant to ask that to Mike on Monday forgot I I wonder if there is a path for him to potentially hit but if you made me write out the lineup or if you asked me and Mike Bianco's not going to ask Ben Garrett what he thinks the lineup should be Tim Elko would bat second Peyton Chatney would bat first and I'd figure out the rest of it Kale would probably bat fourth who would bat third? Hayden Leatherwood. Fifth would be Kevin Graham. But Tim Elko would be right there at that number two spot, getting all the at-bats because he's he's right there, man. He's I think Mike's made a really good point the last couple times we talked to him. For them, the coaches, he's a known commodity because for them he's been doing it for so long. He had a great end, I think, to his sophomore year. Parlayed that out, parlayed that out into a dominant North Woods League performance in the summer then had a dominant fall, then had a dominant 17 games. But for Ole Miss fans, all they really see is the 17 games. So there's a little bit of a question mark for some about, oh, can Tim Elko do it again? Well, for Ole Miss, they think he's been doing it. For them, he's, he's one of the sure things. Maybe the surest thing offensively. So I put my surest thing and one of my biggest boppers batting second. I know it's probably going to be Jacob Gonzalez because that's how Mike rolls, but I would put Tim Elko because I think it would be awesome regardless Ole Miss is going to score a lot of runs, and you know Gunnar Hoagland, Doug Nikhazy, Derek Diamond, going to be one of the best rotations in the country. The schedule is tough. It's really tough. 
But Ole Miss is well positioned to deal with it because they've got such depth with 22 pitchers. It's unheard of because of the expanded rosters. So I'm really excited to cover some Ole Miss baseball. Ole Miss basketball, it's a mess. It's been fun to get going with baseball, knowing that it's coming quickly and this team that was so good last year and on a path, springboard path, to Omaha for the first time since 2014, second time since the 70s, that they'll be able to pick up where they left off, and I think they will. I think they will. I think anything short of the College World Series with this team should be a disappointment. They're that good, in my opinion. Now the schedule is really hard, and baseball is tough, as Greg Kessinger is about to break down. Because remember that bloody Monday with Tennessee Tech? We touched on that a little bit. Baseball, it can be a fickle thing. But this team, ah, it's got it all. It's got it all. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of uh, amped up to cover some Ole Miss baseball. And I know you'll be at every single game you can possibly be at. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about it, man. This team is this team is loaded. You got me fired up thinking about the lineup. No, I'm like, well, I mean, is, is a Jacob Gonzalez going to be batting eight? I mean, it's going to be a um, – yeah, I mean, it's, you're going to have – there's not going to be a, a bad bat in this lineup. Yeah, if Justin Bench is batting ninth, you're doing okay. You're doing okay. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Bradley Sal. Going to go now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Greg Kessinger. Before we do, got to say bye to Brad. See you, buddy. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. Let's hear from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter, going down to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to former Ole Miss shortstop. Now with the Houston Astros, good friend of the pot. It's Greg Kessinger. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, great. Great, just hanging out down ready in Florida. To hopefully, play ball eventually. Yeah, down here in Florida, just trying to stay ready for whenever we get to play baseball again. With the lost year, as far as development, not getting a minor league season, what did you do? What was your plan? Yeah, so um, you know, at first I was staying super active. Uh, so down here at Cressy, um, where I'm working at Eric Cressy's place down here in Florida. They had a lot of guys, you know, same situation as me. So we were playing a lot of, like, games, you know, little sim games and whatnot, and it was really cool. Um, and then once we kind of realized, like, we're not having a season, those started fizzling out and kind of just turned into off-season mode and just tried to stay enough in shape where if they said we have an instructs or something, you know, I could turn it back on and be ready to go, which is what kind of what happened. But just a lot of <laughs> playing golf and – trying to just like I said stay in enough shape where I could get going again and then once instructs was done it was full off season mode for you know until now yeah you made it but it doesn't feel like you made it <laughs> I mean it was long it was a long summer I can't remember the last time that I think I've never gone this long without playing a competitive baseball game oh my god your whole life has been baseball it's probably been since you're what six seven years old 
Yeah, no, I want to say like five. Oh so, I mean, God. I don't. This has for sure been the longest time without a competitive baseball game. So you're probably right now bouncing off the walls down in Florida. I'm losing it. I got to get some competition going. Playing my boys, you know, in, in Xbox and whatnot, and that's about the most competitive I can get right now. God, you sound like me, man. I bought a PS5 just because <laughs> I was bored. Is it worth it? I had I hadn't pulled the trigger on it yet. Is it worth it? Not yet. No. Wait. Wait. Okay. Yeah, all the good titles are coming later. So I just wanted to play NBA 2K, and I suck at it. Yeah. And just (laughs) don't do it. What have the Astros said? Have they given y'all any directive at all? No, not really. They, uh, I mean, just the only thing that I know is what comes out, you know, to the public and media stuff. So that we're going to start, you know, minor league spring training is after big league spring training. And that's literally all I know. So (laughs) that's another thing that's kind of hard. Like right now, how do you, I mean, obviously you're trying to build up and preparing to get ready, but you don't really know when, 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 like when anyone's starting. So it's like, all right, we're kind of in that same situation of just start getting ready and then turn on when, when you get like real word of when we start. Can you believe it's been a year and you're back in the same place? I thought we'd be a little bit further <laughs> along by now. Unbelievable. That's what we were talking about today. And it's like, it feels like this is, I don't even know. It's it's impossible to describe, like the feeling of that we're still all doing the same thing. What's a shame with baseball is Major League Baseball and the Players Union, they're kind of at odds right now about a couple of things: universal DH, expanded playoffs. But it goes beyond that. I mean, three weeks from now is supposed to be spring training, and yet all of these big ticket items, there's no real settlement on what the game is actually going to look like, and. We haven't even touched the minors yet. For sure. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there, I mean, there's so much just that's not answered right now. Um, I mean, this sounds cliche, but I mean, the only thing that like, you can do right now is just control what you can control, and that's, you know, staying in shape and working on what you can work on. Like, that sounds, like I said, cliche, but I mean, that truly is all you can do right now. You're not skipping leg day, right? I would never. <laughs> Got to hit bombs. I've been skipping leg day ever since I stopped playing football in high school. So, God, man, my, you know, I, I can't imagine doing a squat. But, see, you have to because you're trying to hit bombs. So, I, I get it. But right. as far as the actual work, what do you do to stay ready? What's your process? Yeah, um, I'm still lifting, um, you know, the amount that I was kind of all summer. I'm still going like four days a week. So, I'm still just trying to get stronger. And um, I've just kind of picked up uh, hitting – I'd say, I don't know, four or five times a week and throwing four or five times a week and, you know, and some ground balls here and there. So just doing a little bit of everything, uh, but still trying to build strength just because, you know, we're not starting tomorrow. So if I'm sore for a couple of days, it's fine. But yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Well, hopefully we'll start doing some live at bats um, with some of the pitchers down here at Cressy in the next couple of weeks, though, so I can start building up into, you know, some game-like stuff. Were you ever able to make it back to Oxford around the team, around B and and the rest of the guys? Uh, yeah. So I guess I was there opening weekend this past year, which was sweet. Dill or not, threw out the first pitch, which was pretty cool. And then um, I've been back a couple of times just here and there this summer and got to be around some of the guys that, you know, fun around Oxford. How strange is it? Pretty much Ole Miss is returning its entire roster from last year and added – a newcomer class that includes some highly touted freshmen, including Kemp Alderman. Yeah, Ant's gone to the Orioles. He's about to go through your process of, yeah, I've been drafted, but I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, and Tyler Keenan (laughs) with the Mariners too. But to see all of those faces that you yourself were around for a little while, I mean, they're all still there. Yeah, talking to, uh, when I talked to her, talked to Greer a little bit, and like, you know, like, it's crazy. No, he's still slinging. I heard. Uh, I guess I didn't get to see any fall games, but I heard he threw really well this fall. Which really well. fired me up. Fired me up. Uh, but yeah, no, it's crazy. I think uh, with that being said, that they're all still there. It means that they should be should be like you know a fun team to watch. A lot of experience with those older guys. The story with Greer is really interesting because he had the yips or whatever it was. We don't really know exactly. I don't think it was really diagnosed what it was. But you being a friend of his and knowing him, how bad did it get? Give it to him, like, all that kind of happened in the show a little while. But 
was still, I mean, every day, great teammate, always came and worked hard. Never, you, you never felt like, oh, he's just going to kind of give it up, or, you know, give in to struggle. And like, he just never stopped working. Great teammate. And I think that's, that's why he's throwing 97 or 96 again, whatever it is. Like, just because his attitude never changed. He just went through a little funk and then he's back to the Greer, you know, from freshman year when he was 95. And just gross. It's so weird how that happens in baseball, though. I don't know if you can, like, if you don't know baseball, I don't know if you can describe it to somebody because it just happens and it's real. I mean, how do you overcome it? Like you did, just keep working, keep playing, keep throwing. And, like, you know, if you're, it'll, you'll find it again, just like he has. You know, I think you just got to kind of like your hitter and you go in a little slump and you feel like you've never swung a bat before. Just keep swinging. You know, you'll get out of it. Your freshman year, you you didn't swing it particularly well, and then you came out and raped yeah. your last two. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. you had the yips, but I mean, you went through that little dip where you start to question yourself, and then mentally, you just kind of keep getting back at it. Right. That no, yeah, freshman year was a long year, but but like like I said, I mean, came out a couple of years and had really good years, and I think it's just one of those things you learn from it and learn what not to do, what not to think, and just move, get better. So Ant had that incredible year. Well, year. It was 17 games. But he had an incredible 17 games. Yeah. Replaced you at shortstop. Let off. Did both really well. When you saw his production and then you saw him get drafted, that give you a sense of pride? For sure. That, that kid, I mean, there was no doubt that that's him that, that played, you know, like the, the 17 games. Like that, that is the guy that, that's the player he is, that the the swagger he plays with. I mean, he's always had that, but like, he just kind of has that it to him. I feel like that when he's on the field, everyone's eyes are on him. Like, I feel like when he's at shortstop or at the plate, like everyone's watching him, and I think he thrives in that. And somebody got to just put it together and kept working hard. And like every year, um, he just kept getting better and better and more confident, and more confident. And now he just you know got a got a nice little. High draft pick, nice bonus, and just a lot of hard work that I, I love to watch that that growth process that he went through. Replacing him probably is Jacob Gonzalez, and I was talking to Clem a couple of weeks back, and he compared him more to you in terms of build and how he kind of approaches shortstop. He's not that quick twitch, Anthony Cervidio, small, everything's quick, quick, quick. It's long strides, it's big arm. You've been in that spot before where you step in as a true freshman and you're starting at shortstop for one of the very best teams in the country. What advice would you give him? I don't I actually I don't I don't I haven't met him. Um don't really know him, but uh it sounds like he's a stud from what everyone says. Um I think you just gotta you gotta come in and um play with a play with a swagger, play with uh one of those, you know, I understand kinda kinda mindsets. Um uh, so I think my freshman year, I came in with that mindset. And then to start my freshman year, I really don't feel like, you know, looking back, I didn't really swing that bad. I was hitting some balls hard. But then I look up at the scoreboard and my average was, you know, whatever it was at that point. And that's when you start pressing of like, all right, I got to hit it harder. I got to, you know, hit it further or whatever. And that's what you got to stay away from. Like, you just got to go out there and play with the swagger and just absolutely try to you know carry yourself for yeah everybody look at me and I think you don't want to do that in an arrogant way but you want to do it in a confident way it's like yeah this is, this is my position this is my field you know just have that to you I think because I'm sure he's had that his whole career you know what I mean like if you're, if you're that highly thought of like you, you've always had that so don't lose that we'll get right back to Greg Kessinger former Ole Miss shortstop in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford proud sponsor of Talk of Champions it's a new year. 2020, that awful, awful year, is behind us, thank goodness. And that means new beginnings. Maybe even a new car. Well, if you're in the market, there's only one place to go. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you. Get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff. They aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. And when you go, make sure to mention that Talk of Champions sent you. These guys are hardcore Ole Miss fans. They're going to want to talk some Rebel sports. 
But more importantly, they want to make the process as seamless as possible, that you get what you want at a good price. So contact them today at 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. That's where you got to go to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Allen Samuels, let's be friends. I've talked about this before in this podcast with baseball players over and over again. I talked about this with Peyton Shatney on the podcast, for Christ's sake. Look, you're a good dude. You're a nice guy. You say the right things about being humble and all these things and not an arrogant way. But baseball players have to be arrogant. You have to be. You're going to fail more often than you're going to succeed. So you have to go out there and be cocky as shit. I mean, if you're that guy Friday, I forgot who they open up with, but you're going to have a dude on the mound that opening Friday, who's going to look at you and he's going to think he's better than you. So you can't go up there not thinking you're better than him. Like you, have to, you have to tell yourself, I am so much better than that guy on the mound and I'm about to prove it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like like you said, you're going to fail the more, more than you succeed no matter how good you are. So you got to carry that about you. I think that can get lost um, if you're not careful early in your career, just like it happened to me. And you just got to stay away from that and just have to lose it. Yeah, I think Ole Miss opens with TCU, Texas Tech, and Texas. This isn't That's just right. a tournament yep. of Ole Miss and a couple of scrubs. These are all some of the very best programs or the best programs in the country that are all going to be competing Absolutely. to go to Omaha. So if you're Jacob Gonzalez and you're stepping in at shortstop and maybe you're batting in the two-hole behind Peyton Chatney, buddy, you better go out there thinking you're the hottest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and enjoy it. I mean, I think that's another thing that's important. Is, and that's fun. Like you said, you're playing the best programs in the country as a freshman starting on a great team. Like, that's fun. And if you if you go in there with uh, some confidence and have fun with that, like, he's going to play. Defense at shortstop, does that translate quicker than anything else? I mean, that's more or less what you've been doing your entire life. That's not that big of a step up, is it? For sure. I mean, with me, that defense was easier, um, making that adjustment. I think that maybe just like the speed of it. I mean, similar hitting. You don't want to get sped up, um, you know, because guys hit it harder, so they're faster. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just catch it and throw it over there. I, I definitely think that as soon as you kind of just get the speed of the game, that that's a pretty smooth transition. It was for me, at least. But just the, the level of the pitching, it's not that we haven't seen 95 or you haven't seen a good breaking ball. It's consistently and it's spotted up you know so it's just uh gotta have them you know be mature when it comes to more mature i think at the plate than on defense y'all got so close to omaha for this team with doug with gunner Derek diamond a weekend rotation that's among the very best in the country what should the approach be to where if they do get to the point where they're in an elimination game or they can punch their ticket with the win what should the mindset the approach be to get over that hump I think all those guys have a lot of experience. We're talking about the pitching staff, those guys have a lot of experience, and I think that those guys have to come out. You know, it, it's it's helpful when those guys on the bump have that experience and they can come out aggressive and pound the zone, work with a good tempo, and just give you that little extra pep. And then I think I don't know that it's weird. Like like you said, we got close a couple of times, and like you go back to was that sophomore year Tennessee Tech, like that would never happen again. You can ask anybody on that team that that Monday or whatever it was that day would never happen again because like we were incredible that year and it, it's just one of those like I don't think you have to change anything just like go play go be go be Doug or Gunner or whoever's on the mound or Peyton go do your little hip twist to open up the game and go hit a double off a guy like just go play and if you're good enough it's going to work out and that's I think they they need to have that. Don't try to compare it to anyone else. Like, you know, don't try to compare it to the teams or whatever. Just, hey, we've been here before, let's go play. Baseball is so cruel because you're right. The team that lost yeah. to Tennessee Tech, in my opinion, was easily an Omaha team. But because baseball is baseball, a weather delay results in y'all having to play a doubleheader. And a doubleheader, if you win the first game, you're far more likely than not to win the second game. So – for y'all, the way that first game went, you could kind of see it coming, right? If it were played out normally, you can't convince me y'all don't come out that weekend. No, yeah, no one could ever convince me differently. 
is that the one team where it's like, I know, look, y'all got one game away from Omaha, but is that the team, though, that you were like, God, that that had it. That's my big regret, my big old Miss regret, that team. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that, you know, that junior team wasn't the team, too, just because, like I said, we yeah. were one game away. Yeah. Uh, arguably, you mean, Arkansas doesn't lose at home, and we consistently beat them there. Minus one more game. Humble brag. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that, uh, what, I don't know. That softball team was just, I don't know. It was just. We it was all there. Like we what number three national seed? I think. Yeah, yeah. Something like that, you know. Like with a shitty draw, was, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to say regret because you know it's not like we didn't play hard or we didn't. It just sucked. It just sucked. Yeah, maybe it's the and, biggest what if rather than regret. Yeah, the what if? What, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, looking back, like it says baseball. It, it happened the way it played out. It just is what it is. But the, definitely the what if, like, I, I, I got a buddy at the Astros who actually plays for Texas who was going to come to Oxford, and I tell him all the time, I said, hey, I don't care how good you thought y'all were, we were better than y'all. That team, everyone on that team, on that field, thought we were the best team in the country. And that's why when we lost, it was like no one had any words. It was, it was a weird feeling. Without a doubt, the most depressing, from a media standpoint, watching it, just the reactions, the locker room, sitting there trying to interview Thomas Dillard and Mike, it was shock. It was utter and complete shock. I'll never forget that day. There are a few days in this job, I've been doing it for 13 years, where I've marked time, and that is one of those days because I remember exactly what it was like because I'd never experienced it before. You've never seen that kind of dejection in an Ole Miss baseball locker room. And look, Ole Miss baseball has been through a lot. Been through a lot. Lost some really tough games. I mean, the Evan Button game, uh, the Texas Super Regional, I've, I've seen it all. But I've never seen a locker room like that. And that's one thing that I think that Coach B does a great job on. And, and then all those, everyone who steps in that locker room, I think the belief in each other and the belief that, you know, we're going to go places as a team never, never fails there. I think that's one thing that we, we always have faith in each other. And that's, that's why when we do lose games or uh, whatever, it's, it's, I always feel shocked just because the belief in each other is so strong in that program. So, do you expect at some point to be playing some minor league games? Absolutely. I'm not sure when, but I absolutely know I'm ready. <laughs> when you do step into the box for your first minor league official at bat. Yeah, I'm going to be taking hacks. <laughs> <laughs> going to be absolutely taking some hacks. Just swing. got to get my swings off. We, we've been sitting around too long and not get some swings off. Oh, my God. I want to be there to see that, just swinging out of your shoes because you're just trying to hit a tank. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I remember. Uh, so, come out sophomore year, I was leading off to start the year, and I told everyone in the dugout, I said, hey, I'm swinging at the first pitch, and I'm swinging really hard because I had to sleep on that off, you know, every night of the summer after freshman year, just mad. So, I remember first pitch, it was a ball, and I took a hack and popped it up, and I came back to the dugout, and I was fired up about it. <laughs> wasn't even not. I'm going to feel set in the box. I'm like, I'm taking a hack. Oh, I love that so much, man. When did the power come? When did you figure it out? Because Tim Elko's done this. Tim Elko has, for a year now, just been hitting the cover off the baseball, hitting moonshots. But that was something he wasn't doing. He wasn't hitting much for any kind of contact the first two years. So for a hitter, when you find it, you found it. But how do you find it? Yeah. For him and BP, his VP's always been powerful I and mean, it's a big kid strong kid i had to put it together you know make a little more contact and, and when he hits it it's going to go he, he just kind of has that juice for me it was a lot of coach Clint. coach Clint helped me a lot just with working on my swing and giving me a better chance to just hit it more consistently hard because you know the adjustment from freshman sophomore year made my swing a little um i guess flatter it was pretty steep so i had to be perfect and then i do just typically when I get it good, it, it can carry because I do backswing the ball pretty well. So for me, it was just working on my swing and getting some more solid contact. And I have long enough arms and strong enough that when I when I get it, it it's going to go. So it's just a lot of just working on my swing, really for me, and staying in the weight room. Those are, I didn't need, wasn't really a focus of like trying to hit home runs, but just when I cleaned up my swing a little bit, then I started getting more power. I know what you're going to say, but a couple of weeks ago. Baseball America came out with the top 10 prospects for the Astros. You were on there. 
you got a lot of time. Not only do you got a lot of time to just pick balls and practice them hitting, get in the cage, but Google too. Have you seen it? Do you care? <laughs> I did see it, but I actually try to stay away from reading any articles or anything because I'm yeah, it just doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, it's cool. Like I said, it's cool. I saw it, and like yeah, you know, someone believes in me, and that's awesome. But I believe in myself, and whether I was on the top ten list or not, like I'm gonna be a big leader. So. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not going to say it's not cool because it absolutely is, but it's not going to stop me from working harder or anything like that. Look, you're going to come on this podcast before you are a big leaguer, but once you do become a big leaguer, will you come on this podcast so we can jointly celebrate? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. That's easy. All right. Get fired up. I'd be upset if we didn't. Okay. I'd be upset if we didn't. I'm going to be upset if you get a PS5 and we don't link up and play MLB The Show or something and I don't get to run you off the field. I mean, I'm down for 2K. You you had me on 2K earlier. Okay, what is your build for your player? So I had 16, 17, 18, 19. I didn't get 20, but okay. I had it all. So you just tell me what you are, and I'll I'll do something else. I'm a two way slasher. Two way slasher. Yeah. All right. Can you run point guard? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I yeah, got some handles yeah, I, for I'll days. Make a, I'll make like a, I'll do like a stretch big. That'd be perfect, and then we can get in the park in the city. They got this big yeah. city thing. We'll get in some park stuff. Run people off the court. I'm talking. That sounds great to me. See, there 2K, we go. 2K is great. There we go. We can make this dream a reality, Gray. We can go in the park right. rec rooms and actually wreck people and get like Thomas and all the other guys that might think they're good and then, yeah, show them. Right. You just think of the team name and I'll set everything else up. I think I can handle that. He's Gray Kessinger, former Ole Miss shortstop, now with the Houston Astros. It's so much fun catching up, man. Thanks. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, enjoyed it, man. Enjoyed it. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.